This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Well, I can't see them, but I can sense the excitement levels in the Roach and Spence households are going through the roof at the moment. We're getting close to the, the big kickoff. Ian, I know you don't like to call it a Tayside Derby, but what the heck, we'll call it a Tayside Derby because, well, both in Tayside and it's close enough to a Derby for me. But anyway, I know that you're a pedant in these things, but it's a big local game for us. It's the first game of the season. It's been a long wait. It's Dundee United against St. Johnston. Ian, I guess we better, first of all, we best look at the, the pre-season form and judge it as best we can, even though even though none of us have actually seen, seen a ball kicked ourselves. But United first up, they've had four games. Lost to Motherwell 1-0 in the first one. Drew with Livy 0-0. Beat a Rangers 11, which I think is pretty much a, a sort of younger team, 4-1. And then, and probably the one we can read the most into, I would suggest, Drew 1-1 with Kilmanic. What have you made of it all, Ian? Well, first and foremost, uh, United are happy, I think, that they've played Premiership teams. Um for a side coming up for, from the Championship to have four games against fellow top-flight clubs, I know uh, we put the we put the proviso in that Rangers was a reserve team, but it'd still be full of uh, good players. And it was a good win for United against them throughout Murray Park there. So, um, no, United are happy with that. Um, I can't say myself that I'm so happy because it's a strange situation. that uh, you know, You're going to be starting the season covering it. And we haven't seen any of the teams... We haven't really spoken to the managers, kind of mm-hmm. face to face, that kind of thing. So it's a strange, strange situation. Um, to not normally, as you know, Eric. I mean, we've both done it, uh, gone away on pre-season trips, and you get extensive interviews with mm-hmm. players. You know them inside out. But I think, I think United, uh, for all the turmoil that there's been this summer, if you speak to a player as I did uh, just the other day there. They're telling you that they're quite happy with the with the preseason and how it's gone. They, were, they obviously had Robbie Nielsen going and Mickey Mellon coming in there. So there's been that disruption. There's been the whole thing with Hearts. I mean, that's within one sentence. That's a whole podcast, yeah, yeah. isn't it? The whole thing. So it's been it's been very tumultuous. But the bottom line is, I think the players are fit and they're ready to go and they're looking forward to being a Premiership side on Saturday. And Jim, have you been sort of? Keeping track of Mickey Mellon's team selections and and where they've they've ended up. I mean the last the last one there. I don't know if we can, if we should be taking clues out of this. But the last eleven that started a game against Kilmarnock there was Seagrist in goals. I mean I'm I'm again I'm I'm guessing at the back four because uh, there was no Reynolds but Butcher was in. So I'm guessing it was Smith Liam Smith right back. Connolly and Butcher at centre half. Ian would yeah, that Butcher, be fair to Butcher say? Yeah, Butcher played centre half. Yeah. yeah. Robson left back. And then a midfield of presumably Harks and Powers in the middle, Pollitt and Mochrey wide with Cammy Smith, Ian, just behind Shanklin. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah. Cam, Cammy Smith, uh, of course, scored an early goal. Mm-hmm. He he was he was right up front there. Uh, he got a knock on a, a pass from from Shankland and finished really well. So yeah, I mean, I'll pass back to Jim because you know. So Jim, yeah, what did what did you make of that? What do you make of that lineup? Can you can you see something similar against St Johnson? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's been very much a kind of you know a quick learning experience for for Mickey Mellon having a look assessing the guys on the training ground both at uh, North End Park and 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 then back to St Andrews. 
refuse to see what he's got and into these friendlies against you know, good opposition, uh, Premiership opposition. Uh, and I'm intrigued. I mean, not, not a massive, there hasn't been massive squad turnover. That's the first thing. So pretty much as you were at United, interested to see the likes of young Chris Mockery, mm-hmm. um, who I think many people have got very high high hopes for Cammy uh, Smith too with the goal. I mean, I think generally speaking, United very much on, on the same lines. The acid test now is all, although I'm the same, um, you know, as Ian, I think they, those were all good results. Um, I'm never entirely sure what friendlies tell you. It's kind of like training. You know, the object of training is to get yourself up to top speed, then keep yourself ticking along. Um, and then into these friendlies is, is, is just to see how much kind of the heart and the lungs are, are, are working at full capacity against opposition who should be, because they're, they're, they've been playing the Premiership for some years, who should be that touch smarter, quicker and sharper than you in terms of movement mentally and physically. So, um, on, on the right on the face of it, it looks as though United have had a very decent pre-season, but now the, now the real action starts against a side who have mastered the art of uh, being in the Premiership and succeeding. And Ian, what, what did you make of the? Was this the first time that they've that he's that, to our knowledge that he's tried Butcher at centre half? Uh, Ren- Reynolds has certainly played a fair bit of the games, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean Reynolds has got an injury, which uh, we are told uh, won't rule him out. On Saturday, he'll be available for Saturday, so we'll see. Um, I think I think it would have helped. It would have helped um, Mickey Mellon to see to see Butcher in centre half. But anybody who's been watching United the last year or so will know that that Butcher's an excellent centre half, and <laughs> at times he looks the the best at the club. Um, that's no not, not being you know down on any of the other players he he just he just plays very well there so it, it enabled it enabled uh, the manager to see butcher play there but i imagine that reynolds will come back in if as we as we do think that he's fit um the rest of the team kind of picks itself i think so we'll we'll, we'll see how we'll see how he uses um uh, the players we've got, of course, Luke Bolton coming in, so that'll be an interesting one. See if he goes straight, and I don't think he will. I think he'll be one of the substitutes. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I seem to recall in podcasts back in the, the dim and distant past, Jim, where, where when things weren't going so quite so well for United, we used to say that uh, you know the United could have done with two Callum Butchers, you yeah. know, one, one in the middle of the park and one at centre half, because he he can play both positions. With, and certainly in the Championship. Centre mid was the place was the place for him, but could you could you could you see him becoming a regular a regular centre half for United this season? Well, I mean, he's well. I mean, they're not short. You know, they've got centre halves. I mean, I know it's an area they might well explore bringing someone else. And I think the key to being a centre half is is that first and foremost you've got to be a dominant, aggressive type. I mean, you know, there are not too many Franco Baresi's kicking about Scottish football. I think you've got to be a dominant, aggressive type. Um, and I think he fits uh, he fits that bill. I mean, I'm a fan. I like his midfield uh, work. He, he's a grafter. He wins his own individual personal battles. Um, and asking him to move to centre half, and we've seen him playing there. You know, I mean, I. I I think he's he's eminently capable of playing both. He, 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 he you know how patently his body is. shape looks more a centre half than a than of than a midfielder. Yes, would you agree? Th- 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 than a midfielder. That that's right. I mean, you know, they are, they are different positions. There's there's no doubt about that. I mean, of course, you've got different types of midfielders. You've got holding midfielders, creative midfielders, hard tackling, battling midfielders. You know, it's a position that comes with a variety of skills and abilities. And similarly, you know, central defence. There have been some. You know, United have United have had some wonderful. Centre 
central defenders uh, over the years, you know, and, and combinations, of course, Hegarty and Neri being the absolute standouts. But, you know, they, they've had people like uh, John Clark who were able to play. <laughs> They're both kind of up front and at the back. Uh, and, you know, they've had people like Big Brian Welsh uh, and all the rest of it, all bringing their own particular skills to it. And I think Butcher quite happily can, can play in that position, but it's whether or not um, Mickey Mellon wants to dislodge what he would see as, as, as his normal pairing and continue w- with Butcher in the role that we've become accustomed to in uh, him in as the ball-winning kind of, you know, um, destroyer midfielder type. And Ian, you you, met, you mentioned him a wee bit there, but Mockery is, is I would presume... Bolton's got a chance. Is, is Bolton left sided or right sided? Could he play both sides? Could you no. could you see uh, could you see Mockery starting, or do you think Bolton will go straight in? Possibly, I, I, I think I think he no. I think I think Bolton will probably start on the on the, the bench. Um, he is he is right sided. He played uh, mainly. He start he started out as a winger, uh, an out and out winger, um, and a pep talk from Guardiola down at City. Um, persuaded him to okay. persuaded him to you know there should, um, there should be a klaxon for that um, <laughs> yeah persuaded him persuaded him to move further back and he played there for Luton Town uh, where he was on loan so I think I think if he's coming at the side it's a right wing back isn't it that's that's what we're right. looking at for him um, but you know there, there are there are there are choices there for for Mellon you've got you've got a Perry who I imagine uh, will start you've got um, You've got Declan Glass. So there's a few pieces to fit into that team. Uh, and, and it'll be fascinating, as it will be with every team uh, that's kicking off on uh, this weekend. It'll be fascinating to see who fits into what position. Had Jim Cammy Smith's return, I mean, we, again, I'm going back on previous podcasts, and I think I think you and I were in, in agreement that he's, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a mystery how, I mean, managers like, you know, certain managers like players more than, more than others. But uh, Cammy Smith is one... Particularly, I always thought, why has he not had more of a chance? I mean, I, I, I like Cammy Smith when I see him, and he could be one that, you know, maybe Mickey Mellon's coming and thought, you know, I like him. Why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. No, I'm in the same camp as you, Eric. I mean, I, I, not only do I like him, I think he's an excellent player. I mean, I, he never, ever lets you down in terms of effort, in terms Some of commitment. fans loved him, in, didn't they? In terms of, absolutely. You know, so, I mean, but th- 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 this is the beauty of football, you know. I mean, it's, it's the beauty about democracy, you know. Um, everyone's got an opinion. And sometimes, you know, certain managers' opinions certainly don't coincide with the likes of ours or indeed the player. Um, so, I think it's the oldest story in the book. You've got a new manager in here, Mickey Mellon, who who's making, by the way, all the right sounds. I mean, I think you know, I, I love some of the stuff that he's been he's been saying. I mean, Ian's uh, interviewing where he was talking about when he was a wee boy, growing up, he watched uh, you know those teams. He could name the United teams. Now, you know, that actually is not that unusual for for West Coast lads of, of Mickey uh-huh. Mellon's vintage. He's late forties. You know, I mean, United would have been a power in the land when he was growing up with some magnificent football players. We don't need to mention, but, you know, they're household names um, and so you know Cammy's got a chance now to to um, reinvigorate himself uh, at United you know and certain managers sometimes place certain things above others you know and I think the thing they place above others is the ability to you know to use that old football expression work your socks off 
There, there's, there's nothing better in any team. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you know last night from my Twitter conversation, I've only recently catch, uh, catching up with the, the Sunderland documentary. Oh, yeah. Are you on the first what series, I, by the way, Jim? I'm on the first one. What an oh, well, this is so far, you know. Uh, I'll not uh, spoil it for you, but they don't they uh, don't get promoted. No, but, but, you know, I, I thought to myself, there are some similarities here. Sunderland, very much a working-class city, de-industrialised, not unlike Dundee. And, and the fans can be hard. United fans, Dundee fans can be hard. They will forgive you anything if they see that you're giving every last drop of blood, sweat and tears. You might not have the abilities of Messi or, or Ronaldo, you know, but, but they will forgive you anything if they think you are giving everything for that shirt. And I think that's the key thing. And I think in talking about Cami, he's one of these guys that gives you everything for the shirt any time I've seen him. And I think that is worth its weight in gold in the modern game. And again, Ian, whether or not we're, we're kind of putting... Too much significance on this last starting lineup against Kilmarnock. Time will tell. We'll, we'll know on Saturday. But Pollitt's another starter there. I mean, I don't know what your take on Peter Pollitt was last season. I mean, I must admit, the games I saw, I wasn't particularly impressed. I didn't. I didn't feel he was affecting a game as much as a player of his undoubted pedigree should have been. But we shall see. Maybe, maybe getting back to the top flight. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see the class in the player. That we didn't see in the championship. Well, yeah, he, he, he's, he's always had injuries. He's been kind of, you know, dogged by injuries. But I, I think he's come back looking for um, word out of the the, the training, uh, certainly pre-season training, and he's been looking very good. Mm-hmm. He's one that's that's that stood out a bit. So we'll wait and see. I mean, he, he also remember that people like Peter Paul who have played at this level, uh, Premiership level before, they don't really fancy this. They might they might up themselves a wee bit, uh-huh. even. Even at the back of their mind, you know, just a just an added inch or two when you're kind of running up the uh, up the wing, uh, just a bit quicker than normal, um, beating your man, just because you're coming up against a St Johnston or or uh, Aberdeen or Rangers and Celtic, you never know. I think there'll be players that that'll really really take to top flight football, and he he might be one because he does have obviously he, he's obviously got a pedigree of, of of playing at that level and doing well. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. There's, there's, there's three or four in the United team that intrigue me how it's going to go. And certainly, you know, I can't wait to see what Mickey Mellon's first team selection is. I mean, Mick, Mickey, one of the things that Jim, that he's, he's touched on a lot in his earlier press conferences, certainly, and, and, in it, and, it, and more recently as well, he's mentioned quite a lot about it. It's usually in relation to you know, why are you not signing more? Why are you not signing more? He, he speaks a lot about the sort of mentality of champions, that's that sort of talk, and, you know, this was a team of winners. Is that, and he's, he, he's strictly true, of course, because, you know, they won the league by a good distance, mm-hmm. but we do have to go, we do have to go a fair way back until you you kind of get the form of champions, if, if I could phrase it like that, you know, because United's 2020 was by no means... Stellar, was it? You know, the the run that broke the back of that league was was in 2019. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the stat was that there were nine games and one victory in the sort of last few months of the the campaign as it it was. So, you know, is that when we start, I know it's five months without football, they're all the same, but 
Do they have it all to prove again, Jim? Well, they've got more to prove, uh, Eric. I mean, they were off the boil. I mean, I think that's what you're saying, and there's no doubt about it. The statistics prove that they were off the boil. And, and who, who knows? This is the great debate, of course, about the way... I mean, the they had the League has, One. You know, I mean, that's the yeah, thing. That could well, have been a lot. That I mean, could have been down to. That, that's right. I, and I wrote that myself. I, although, you know, let's be honest. I mean, you know, that was not with mathematical precision. It was still possible, highly, highly unlikely that they were going to blow up, but they were undoubtedly um, into, um, you know, it was almost a slump. You know, they were in, in a bit of, of a comfort the, zone yeah, as well, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. And, and that happens. I think, I think they knew, bluntly, I think they knew that they were by some way <clears throat> the best team in that division. And, and I think, you know, mentally, um, perhaps just 5%, 10% w- w- was switched off. They were, they, were, they were down a gear in some games and quite often that, that caught up with them as those statistics prove. Now, they're into a different ball game here. Um, you know, they, they are up against now opposition, which is better. You know, I mean, if you're in the Premiership, you're a better team than you are if you're in the Championship. That's by dint of the fact that's, that you're That's the cutting in insight we, we hire you for, Jim. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a simple fact. So that, that means that you're stepping up to play at a league where you're playing against players who um, have been playing at a different level. I mean, I, I liked what I liked, uh, the word he used the other week, I thought was intriguing, where he talked about tempo, and I think he's spot on with that. You know, uh, the, the tempo, I mean, I, I'm a great believer that, that, you know, you need to start a game at a tempo, mentally and physically, you need to start a game at a tempo and, and that carries you for the rest of the game very very hard to pick up the tempo in a game it requires a, a, a real mental energy and a mental lift to do that so I like that I like the idea he's got because I think you know if, if you're going to have to match players who have been playing at a higher level then tempo playing at a higher tempo is one way to do that but, but that's taxing as well and, and that's where we will find out how many of this United squad actually have the ability week in, week out. I mean, we talk about consistency um, in the game, Eric, but consistency isn't just about the consistency of how many passes find their, 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 you know, their man or how many tackles win the ball. It's also about how you can do that week in, week out, week in, week out, you know, when when you're, you, you've got cause some niggling injuries or, you know, kind of health issues or, you know, all, the, all mm. the things that football players have that the rest of us have in life. So that United are stepping up a level here. And that's why, you know, while I say that they've done well in these pre-season friendlies, frankly, that actually doesn't mean anything. All that does is give the manager an inkling um, of, of players' attitude, of players' commitment, um, you know, positionally where he might be able to kind of rejig a wee bit and all that. But ultimately, Saturday is the start of the test. I mean, to be, to be blunt, and I'm sure we'll talk about this. To be blunt, looking at United's opening fixture list, they could be sitting, uh, they could be sitting with three games uh, in without a point. Looking at that fixture list, it's a it's a pretty tough fixture list, you know, uh, that, that they're going into. So uh, we'll get a, we'll get an absolute picture of this by 90 minutes in on Saturday because against St Johnson they're coming up against seasoned operators Ian what you what you think formation wise as far as United go well I, I think I, I think I think it depends how he's going to use Bolton but um, as I say I think I think he won't start so it'll be it'll be pretty much a familiar uh, United lineup. you'll have you'll have somebody behind Shankland um, and also the wide players there. So a four so, four four one be, one type thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would guess so. I would guess so. I mean, I, but the thing is, we're saying this. We're not really. Um, we don't really get inside uh, Mickey Mellon's head. He, oh, he no, could no, come no. up there a surprise or two. Mm-hmm. Moment, so, so again, I th- we'll, we'll know better. <laughs> this is this is fine, but we'll know better in a few weeks' time, won't we? Once we've seen how how he how he rolls on this. But I, I think you'll. I think that's how United will start. Um, maybe that's been a bit 
cautious, but we'll see. We'll see. There are the championship side coming up against it, as Jim says quite rightly, uh, a very, very good uh, St. Johnson team. So I think I think United are heavy underdogs for this game. Uh, I really do. I think this, the other you two will agree with that. Um, Saints would be my favourites for this, but we'll we'll see how it goes. But I think I think you'll you'll, you'll go with that four four. And then you'll have you'll have them uh, supporting, maybe interchangeable there, but the the support and the focus once again will obviously be on Shankland because in the Premiership or not, the kind of summer we've had, it's still Shankland, still the star, and he'll be he'll be the one that everything will be moved towards. Well, yeah, Jim. I mean that that's it. I mean all roads still lead to Lawrence Shankland. You could you could have brought you could have brought any manager in out, out the ones that were interviewed and the ones that were linked and the ones that weren't linked. There, the game plan is best when they're going forward is get the ball into him in the box. Yeah, he, he's the striker par excellence. Yeah, hey, I've done I've done his team yeah, talk. Yeah, I mean that, that, he's, he's the striker par excellence. I mean, what you've got to do is give him the ball. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, like all strikers, he needs the ball before he can score a goal. There's another high, highly paid insight. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Eric, you know, um, you know, you're knocking uh, I mean, the out of the park. Sh- you're knocking yeah. out of the park. <laughs> the thing is with Shankland is he's got quick feet. He, you know, he very often hits a shot with hardly any back lift in it. You know, it, it, whereas a kind of, you know, most players getting a shot away, you, you'd see the leg coming back much, much further. Quite often he, he strikes a ball with, with limited back lift, very little back lift, still gets either sufficient power through it or sufficient, um, angle through the shot or whatever. He just has that eye for goal. That's that's the key thing about him. And his strike rate in terms of kind of, you know, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm open to persuasion on the modern analytics of the game. You know, it can be useful. It can sometimes blind us with science. But, you know, I'd be interested to see in terms of kind of goals scored, uh, versus chances created and, and 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 chances which should have been goals, as quite often modern analysts will 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 debate until the, the early hours of the morning. You know, I mean, the key thing for for Shankland is his record speaks for itself. He's a goal scorer, both inside the box mainly, but also outside the box as well. Quick in the turn, gets a shot away quickly, and just has a, t- a terrific positional and striking sense of play. So all roads will lead through him, but it'll not be a one man effort by any by any manner of means. And uh, the, the caveat we come back to this caveat. They're stepping up. They're stepping up um, a weight division, if you want. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you're trying to supply them, remember that, that that you know, in going to supply, the tackle comes in quicker. You're shot down quicker. You find you've got less room than you had last season to supply Shanklin with the ball. Those are the things that the United squad will have to get used to because they are stepping up a weight division. Yeah, I think Ian, as as the game develop develops from a United point of view, if we start to see Lawrence Shanklin. Dropping deeper and deeper to 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 get involved in the play and find the ball, I think then then the heavier the favourite Saints become, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, Saints will obviously know that that'll be the that'll be how they'll approach it. It'll be a priority for them. I mean, they'll they'll always, you know, Callum uh, Davidson. He'll he'll have his his own priorities. He'll be going into this saying, "Oh no, it's about how we play," and it will be that. But they'll also have an eye on dealing with Shanklin because he is United's prize asset and uh, Jim's right about that it'll be a, it'll be extremely extremely interesting to see if the balls are getting through to him the passes are getting through to, to Shanklin and United are looking fine if it's getting stopped if they're getting closed down you've got a difficulty then you're on to plan B aren't you yeah yeah well Saints they I don't I don't think any of us would have expected by the time these two teams played that Saints would have made more signings than United. But there you go. I know one of them was a a, a 
was Sean Rooney who had been snapped up in in, in the January on a pre-contract. Mm-hmm. But the, the two lads are in from uh, from Millwall, and I think it's quickly become clear that Danny McNamara and and the the brilliantly nicknamed Tanto are Tanto. in from Mill. And I think it's quickly become apparent that they're not fringe players. That that uh, you know sometimes you get you get these guys that come up from. And on loan, that you know, season long loans, you think, mm, are they actually going to get near to the first team? Are they just the squad fillers? These two guys have been involved <laughs> yeah. heavily in the pre season for, for Saints. So they've got three new guys in, but Jim, they've only had the two games. Now, that wasn't mm-hmm. through their fault. I think originally, I think originally they maybe even planned to play United before the, the fixture mm-hmm. list came out, but that had to be quickly knocked on the, knocked on the head. And then, of course, there was the the COVID scare with St. Burns, yeah. so, so mm-hmm. that robbed them of one. Callum's, Callum's saying that he doesn't feel they're undercooked. Will it be a slight worry for you, Jim, for Saints going in there? I mean, they've played they've played bounce games amongst themselves as well, yeah. but two, just just two games? Well, I, I'll tell you what, I couldn't help thinking, Alec, you know, excuse me for this, but I mean, I, I couldn't help thinking that if Olafi had gone to Ibrox, uh, he'd have been quickly named, uh, renamed Tonto, the Lone Ranger, you know? Oh, um, yeah. I don't I don't think they'll be um undercooked. They've got a pretty uh they've got um a pretty young squad, although you know I mean is the deal done yet to bring Craig Conway in? Because I'll take the average score up to about fifty three, you know. <laughs> By the time people are listening to this podcast, I would I wouldn't Aye, be surprised if be it's done. been officially confirmed. I'm expecting him to play for Saints on on Saturday. Put it that way. Yeah, no, I mean so there's the, another one for you. Yeah, that, well, that's right. And I, I mean, I think on on the face of it, you know, a, a terrific signing. Uh, no, I mean you're right. They've had a couple of games because that, that that fixture was a bit the dust after the seven positive COVID nineteen tests from Saint, uh, from uh, sorry Saint Martin. Um So. I think it's, it's Hibs and Aberdeen are the only two warm-up games yeah. they've had, you know? Um, Drew with Hibs and well, then beat, beat Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, th- there is nothing like game time. There's no doubt about that. There is, there is nothing, uh, you know, training uh, will never replicate. doesn't matter how hard you train, it will never replicate. And bounce games and, uh, and all the rest, it will never replicate the, the real thing. But it will not be massive. Um, I, I, and very quickly, I'd have thought that, that Saints will be in, into the stride, not necessarily in the first game, uh, although I don't think they'd be far off it in the first game. But, you know, two, three games in, you're, you're into you're into things very, very quickly. I mean, you know, the the, the days have been long, long gone. Um, and I know, that, you know, and much of this was exaggerated, but the days are long gone since the old days of a three-month break when players come back. Well, beer belly and that, yeah. Like, they, <laughs> yeah, we have, I mean, they, they, these, are, these guys are all top-quality professionals. They, they are even on holiday, you know, maybe we maybe give the body a couple of weeks rest, but most of them will be, you know, doing a gentle jog on the beach or something like that. And for the rest of the, the rest of their pre-season, they'll still be working away. They'll be doing weights, you know, in their garage or at the gym or uh, or whatever. So, you know, the, the modern professional for a long, long time, uh, you know, has, has been a very, very fit guy. So really it's simply a case of quickly getting up to the tempo of, of the game. So, I mean, I, I don't think the fact that, you know, Saints have played maybe two friendlies less than anyone else will have any um, serious impact on them. And Ian, I'm, I'm possibly more intrigued to see what formation Saints play than than, than United. I think we're, I think we're kind of, I think we're probably pretty close to the mark with United's one. Callum Davison, like like Tommy Wright before him, Tommy changed from three at the back to to two in the we're talking centre backs here, obviously. And I think you know Callum is going to have both of those up his sleeve as well because centre half is an area that 
ironically from the first half of the season when it was probably an area of weakness it's now an area of, of, of strength for for Saints and they could certainly go three at the back if if they chose and they've they've also got choices to make up front as well so it's not as easy a call with with Saints line up and I think we also have to say because he certainly can't look as much into the Aberdeen lineup, which was their last friendly, because of course Callum, when he put that team out, thought that he had another one to come. So it's a bit it's a bit more guesswork with Saints, isn't it? Yeah, there is more guesswork from from Saints. I mean that's that's fair enough because you've got a new manager coming in. It's all change. But I'll tell you what it does, it makes it fascinating for uh, the supporters. Mm-hmm. Um they'll they'll be intrigued to see how things go. And I think I think you mentioned about the the, the pre season games. I think the one up Aberdeen. That's a great that's a great result yeah. up there. But um, the main thing is that we got Alafi and uh, McNamara got game time, and I, and I, and I believe that Tanto uh, was involved in uh, in the both goals, uh, producing the both goals. So very very quick. I think we're told. I think that's yeah. Right. Well, he you know we spoke. Me, Jim and I spoke about uh, a bit about him last week. Mm-hmm. He certainly thinks he's got pace. He's got attacking flair. Um, so it's uh, it'll be intriguing. I think he, in particular, is one that we're all fascinated to see how how he does. Yeah, Jim. Tactics wise, for for uh, for Saints trying to get the better of United, are you? Is it pace, pace, pace? Okay, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, I think you've you know, I mean, Saints traditionally did go with that that, that three five two, didn't they? I mean, most times I saw them. Although Tommy was obviously always able to vary the pace. I mean, I think you know, the, the, I mean, Saints have got plenty of ammunition. Uh, are they want? Are they want to get Tanto or or Mike, yeah. Michael O'Halloran up against? Reynolds and and Connolly is that this well, is that the ideal I mean, scenario for them? I, I think if you've got if you've got players with pace, it will always trouble players who don't have pace. You know, <coughs> the only the only way to match pace is, is either have uh, have you know the same or better pace, or, or to be able to read the game very very well. Which is well, it's one of the great strengths of the great Willie Miller, of course. Willie was Willie was was never blessed with great pace, but he was a magnificent reader of the game. David Neary had both. David Neary had terrific pace and. Um, you know, and, and was able also to to read the game, to be in a position to make a tackle very, very quickly. That you know, that the other other players kind of uh, were left uh, standing by watching. You know, so but if you can put players with, with kind of pace, and, and also remember as well, it's all very well having you know pace to get down the flanks or whatever, or run straight at people. Don't forget either the ability of the likes of a you know a McCann who I'm very very impressed with. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been a bid for him. Um, mm-hmm. You know to to thread balls through to to the likes of me and and, and Henry and all the rest. Of it. I mean Saints have got a lot of options. They've not got the biggest squad in, in the, uh, the 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 Premiership this season, but they've got a lot of options. But if you have got, I haven't seen these guys, but if you have got, um, uh, and Tanto does up, you know, I mean, he, he talks a great game, you know, <laughs> and he was involved. In the, he was involved in the great, and that, you know what? That's great. I, I, I love to see a player. I love Back seeing himself. a player who is confident yeah. in his own abilities. I love that. I mean, I have no time for this kind of hiding your light under a bushel. If you've got pace, if you've got ability, you've never done that, Jim. Have you? <laughs> no, no. So well, well, apart from anything else, uh, it, 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 I did it five or six times uh, until I got on the pitch. Of course, you know, <laughs> then my frailties were. Were brutally exposed, exposed yes. but no, <laughs> but the um, no. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, um, 
uh, uh, plant seeds of doubt in your opponent's mind. The great, the other great thing is you, if you've got pace, once you've skinned an opponent the first two or three times <laughs> while he's trying to get to, to figure out how to deal with you, uh, then you've really set this uh, his imagination running riot. So, I mean, I love pace in the game. I mean, we, can all, we can all think about I think Ian and I touched on this last week. We talked about the great Ralph Millen uh, at United, you know. I mean, you know, there, are, there have been people in the game that we watched over the years that have paced to burn. It's a frightening thing when you can leave your opponent dead mm-hmm. over the first two or three yards because, you know, then there's no recovery. You know, particularly in the final third, if you can get away kind of 15 yards over the halfway line, if you can leave someone dead, um, then you've taken them out of the game. And quite often, actually... Uh, if they've doubled up and you've taken two of them out of the game, you know, so pace, uh, uh, if if the pace is there, as, as, as I've read, haven't seen, haven't seen it yet, but if the pace is there as, as we believe it is, then it's a fantastic addition to Saints squad. But it's certainly there with O'Halloran, Ian, isn't it? We know all about him for sure. Oh, yeah. I do yeah. think, I do think yeah. it's kind of ironic that we're, we're coming in this game now and possibly you could make a case for, for Mickey Mellon finding it harder to second guess what Saints are going to do than vice, than vice versa. But I think I think that might be a fair point. I think I think it is a fair point, yeah. It is. Uh, well, I think I think the truth is we've got two, two... It's a fascinating situation because we've got two clubs, two new managers, some some uh, new players. You've got you've got a, a St. Johnston side who I think will come to Tannadice quite confident, quite rightly so, because they've got the, the, the years and years and years in the Premiership behind them. I think they'll carry that with them. Um, You've got United coming up. Now, they are champions. They'll be full of enthusiasm and full of really relish in this game. But, you know, United have got to find their feet in the league. Uh, And I I, I do think it's a very, very challenging fixture for United. And I think, as I said, I think Saints will will be confident about, about getting a victory. Jim, the, the the no fans factor. I think if we if we're, it seems like a long time ago now that uh, certainly that the Bundesliga got going again, then then the English Premier League, and I think word from down south in particular was that it, it it took a wee while. There was a lot of cagey games at the start, and the no fans factor suited the ball players because mm-hmm. you know you're you're the guys that like to go in hard in a fifty fifty or even a forty sixty. You know they would they would they would respond to the sort of roar of the fans after one went in and all that sort of thing, and that has become less of a less of an art form, or it's been diluted a bit. You know, with the with the no fans, so that that adds an element into it, doesn't it? You know, there are, there are guys who probably look better. You know, you well know there's training ground players. You know, I'm not expecting. I'm not saying they'll be any St Johnston or Dundee United's team, but they'll play. There'll be players who respond better to not having. Fans on their back, perhaps. It's it's a different dynamic, Eric. I mean, there can be no doubt that, that, that it's a different dynamic. It's all very well saying players are professionals and all the rest of it, and they're playing whichever environment uh, they, they are sent to play in. But it, it, it's undoubtedly a different dynamic. Some players handle a crowd being on their back better than others. Um, for some players, it's water off a duck's back. They ignore it. They manage to shut it out. Sometimes for a younger player or maybe an older player who's been carrying a wee injury, hitting a loss of form, uh, the crowd being on their back can, can be 
pretty debilitating. It's one of the, it's, I'll be blunt, it's one of the reasons I've never understood why people boo their own players. Yeah. It's, it's an act of self-harm. I mean, it genuinely is. You want to boo your player, boo him when he leaves the pitch. That, that's fair enough. But don't boo him when he's playing, when he's trying to play his game. Could you imagine somebody shouting and bawling over the top of a young apprentice plumber or a young apprentice journalist or something like that? It's a crazy thing to do. I mean, so it, it does bring a different dynamic to the game. I mean, United have still got the better. You know, you look at head-to-heads in, in mm-hmm. this fixture, um, 75-1 to 60 wins for Saints. But uh, in recent in recent times, that's gone over a long period of time when United would have been in their great European pomp and all the rest of it. In recent times, Saints have done very, very well. Uh, in this fi- they are the preeminent day side side. There, there, is no, there is simply no getting away from that. There's no point in arguing the toss about are they as big a team as Dundee? Are they as big a club as Dundee United? No, Dundee United are the biggest of the three senior clubs in the area in terms of support and all the rest of it. We know that. But Saints have been run brilliantly. Um, there, there has been, by the looks of it here, a seamless transition to Callum Davidson, who's come back, not just because he was a Saints man, uh, because he, he looked at the squad and thought, that that's a squad worth inheriting. That that this you know my first kind of job as a manager. This is a good squad to to make my mark in the game with. You know, so I mean, I think Ian said earlier on. I'm I'm the same as Ian. I mean, to me, Saints going to this pretty much red hot favourites because they have the pedigree. Um, but it's difficult to take. You know, we're working on that basis on on how much we know about the respective squads, and neither squad has changed enormously. But there might be subtle changes. The two lads from Millwall. Um, for one thing, um, you know, United's addition, Bolton from Conway, from City, Conway and, going back and to Con- Con- Conway as well, of course. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, work- I'm, I'm kind of working on the basis that ha- having, you know, having been in this game a long time and seen deals fall at the last minute, but I'll trust you, you know, Saints inside out on this one. If Conway is signed, what a good signing that is. You know, um, I mean, a year's contract, Craig Conway, 35, uh, it's nothing. You know, honestly, in the modern game, I hate that. I cannot stand that kind of, he's over 30. Right, he's nearly, he's nearly, nearly two years younger than Chris Burke yeah um, absolutely which, you know, and, and I, I, who has been excellent with Kilmarnock absolutely I mean I, I, I don't know I'm pretty sure I said uh, either on this podcast or, or somewhere else that I remember vividly and I'm kind of you know going back a year or 19 now but I remember vividly watching Willie Bud Johnson when he was playing for Hearts the reserves one night at Tannadice knocking a, knocking a ball past uh, the, the, the full back and just going and, and it was it was is that a bird is it a plane he had lost none of his space he was still a flying machine and Conway's got a great head on him as well he's an intelligent player he's a top professional I think it's a yeah. terrific signing you know so I mean you know the, the two the two squads we know most of them but there are some there are some elements in there and of course we, we've seen Conway on TV but he's been away from Dundee United for a long long time but if he retains anything like the ability he had when he left Tannadice what a good signing you know so it's a fascinating game Saints go into a favour I don't think there's any doubt about that, but we'll very quickly see um, how the two managers match up. How can they can they change things quickly? If, for instance, Saints, you know, Saints have um, too much pace against United on the right or the left flank or whatever, how quickly will Mickey Mellon see that adjust his his, his line up to suit tactically and vice versa? I mean, it's a fascinating game. And just to be side issue on uh, Conway, Eric, it's a pity that there aren't fans uh, for for many reasons. Well, he was a favourite, wasn't he? he but was... one of them would have been. Uh, United fans welcome mm. uh, Craig Bark to Tannadice because you know Scottish Cup winning legend really there man of the match wasn't he was a star, he was a star of the final against Ross County so he would have got a great reception he's still very very well thought of in these parts here well it could I mean there's, there's always the possibility let's say that it, it, it could be a KG draw just because you know that this stage of the season and the, all the uncertainties team two teams sussing themselves out but I, 
there's, and there's niggles and there's niggles in both squads, so we're not we're, they're by no means certain with the, the, the start lineups. But I tell you what, I hope I hope we're not denied Murray Davidson against Callum Butcher. <laughs> I would that would be uh, that would be one to that would be one to look forward to, wouldn't it, Ian? Yeah, it would be. Uh, well, the thing is, I suppose without the supporters, um, and I'm at the game on, on on Saturday. One thing is, you you will hear the the tackles flying in, won't you? It'll be bang in the middle of the park, um, and you the, these two would be these two will be two that you would expect to to go up against each another. Um, hopefully, the two of them get through <laughs> through the game. I don't mean like red cards or anything. Like that. I just mean you know without a knock yeah, yeah. because. Uh, Tough, tough tackling players, and two two guys will have to say we've been, you know, have been a privilege to to kind of go and watch um, over over recent years in, in 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 this area for for the Courier, and so it's 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 a fascinating one, and um, yeah, you're right, Eric. It'll be it'll be intriguing. There'll be all these little personal battles that 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 will that will be really really keen to see how they turn. Yeah, out. yeah, and McCann, although he's a quiet type, he you know, and he has those sort of. That sort of young boyish look. Well, he's only twenty, so so he should. But you know, he's Jimmy's not. A, he's not feared of going in for a tackle. I mean, I I saw him play Lewis Ferguson off the park up at Pittodrie, mm-hmm. who is a big physical presence in the middle of middle of midfield. But no, McCann McCann shrugged him off a couple of times and certainly outplayed him football wise. So that that's an, that's. I mean, that that area of the pitch, the centre midfield. I mean, it's crucial every game, but for this one in particular, I think it's. I think it's going to settle it. One way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I like McCann. I'm a big fan. I was a, a fan of it. You know, every now and again, a player comes along. The very first time you see him, you think, that boy's a player, you know. Um, funnily enough, I, I thought that some people mocked me when I suggested that with big Lyndon Dykes. Very first time I saw him, oh, I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, he, he'll go you somewhere. Didn't, you didn't you know? mention that in the podcast. <laughs> I'm not giving well, you that. I, I, I didn't get around to it. Listen, you can't write the history of the world in 55 <laughs> minutes, you know. Uh, interestingly, I was once in, and I was once in to see Luggy at uh, uh, at dinner time at Tannadice, and I said to him, "Hey, listen, there's a guy at Ray Rovers. You want to have a good look at? You know, uh, Tony Rugia. You know, he's ah, I've looked at him. He's not up to it. You know, <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's right. I remember that, John. And I remember Luggy no fancy, and I was incredible. <laughs> sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes you see the game entirely different from each other. But no, McCann uh, smashing player. I think the the midfield, the creative battle. You know, the the, the winning of the tackles battle. But then the distribution the distribution battle. I think that's the key. You know, it's, it's one thing winning balls, winning the midfield battle in terms of, you know, winning the ball, winning the crunch tackles and, and the physical battle, Eric. It's another thing entirely with them, what you do with the ball. And I think, you know, obviously what you want to do with the ball is you want to supply Shankland um, for United uh, and Saints want to supply whatever their front two is, you know, uh, whether it's me and Kane, you know. Um, I think that's the key thing. So, you know, the midfield battle is great, but, but, you know, it, it, it's a twofold, a twofold strategy. You've got to win the ball, and then you've actually got to use it effectively. Moving beyond the game itself, I think you know we're, it, there's a lot of guesswork about, and I think there's a lot of imponderables about the first game. But the season as a whole, Ian, how do you, where do you see United's expectations, and where do you see them finishing roughly? Well, I think I think United's own expectations are greater than than mine are for them. I, I would be happy if if they're just just kind of top of the bottom six. So out of a rele- yeah, clear of a relegation battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, away from away from relegation as soon as possible. Because I just think you, that you need to find your feet in a division. It's been a few years now that they haven't been there. Um, we know United's got all the pedigree and all the history, as Jim says. You know, the, the, the probably the biggest the bigger club in the area, but. 
they've still got to take it step by step. And I, I think that the sounds that have been coming out of United is, well, well, maybe we can get in the top six. And why? Why not try mm-hmm. for that? Absolutely. And, and if they start well, then then you, you go on from that. But I think a nice, satisfactory... Seventh or eighth or something um, like that. Decent... Yeah. Decent finish would be yeah, around about around about seventh. Jim, I mean, do you think that's is that realistic? And you know, is anything above it realistic? Well, as opposed to top of the bottom six, I'd prefer if we were bottom of the top six. You know, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, being a local, I'd prefer they won the league, uh, but it's not going to happen. Uh, and I suspect that Ian Ian's probably right. I mean, to, to take that kind of, you know, it, it's not even a, a cautious approach or an incautious approach. It's simply a matter of probable kind of uh, reality. I mean, you know, the, you, you can look at that league already and you say, well, you pretty much know what's going to happen. You pretty know, much know that Celtic are going to win it. Rangers are probably going to be second. Aberdeen, maybe Hibs are going to battle for, for, for third and fourth respectively, whatever, you know. It gets tougher outside of that, but St. Johnson, Motherwell, look to me like probably, you know, their, their top six material. For United, the key thing is to beat the sides round about um, that, that, that are, are also experienced campaigners, you know, the Ackeys, the Livies, uh, the Achilles, teams like that, you know. So realistically, I mean, I, I, I hate to see it, because, I hate to see it because I, I don't like kind of minimalist talk, but, you know, surviving in the Premiership for the first season is the key thing. And, and I think, crucially, avoiding the playoffs. Great if they can make the top six. I suspect it might be a bridge too far. I suspect it might not have been had, yeah, um, had yeah. COVID and all the rest got, not got the sign, because I think the sign no, as they'd expected. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think the, the purse strings, the purse strings have, have been, you know, have been kind of reined in a wee bit. I'm pretty sure that, you know, Big Tony, the sporting director, uh, would have liked to, you know, maybe have added even further to the squad. And I'm sure that Mickey Miller, I never known a manager that didn't, <laughs> didn't want a bigger <laughs> squad than a smaller one, you know. Um, and similarly, you know, the, the owner, Mark Ogren, has, 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 has put, a, you know, a packet into the club. He's, he's invested very, very heavily, you know, so I'm sure that had COVID not kicked in, we might have seen a wee bit more investment. That said, just about every club seems to be in the same boat. I know the transfer window's open for a while yet, but it's difficult to see where money comes from anywhere, so there might be additions and and loans and all the rest of it, but I don't see a huge amount of business being done by clubs in and around the kind of position that United are in, so, you know... I, I think a seventh or an eighth finish would probably be it probably satisfy most people, making sure they can then build for the seasons ahead and staying in the top league, which is where they need to be. And Ian, out with out with these parts, you always around about this time of year, you, you you'll always see some people predicting Saints this will be the this will be the year that you know they either go down or they, they get involved seriously in a relegation a relegation struggle. I mean, I don't know what, I've seen it again and from different sources, I, I don't know what people are basing that on, you know, you the same, Ian, you, I mean, I think they can aim for top six again. Oh yeah, they? absolutely, I think, I think that's realistic for St Johnson, I think St Johnson are in a good place. No, I, I think there's no danger. I, I, if anybody's predicting that they'll be down in the, the bottom two or something, I, I just, it's like you, I don't know what they're basing that on, certainly not what's happened in the past. Now, there, are, there have been periods when Saints have been down struggling, but then Tommy, Tommy Wright used to come out and say, well, we've been here before, um, uh, we, we'll, we'll get out of this. And actually, you believed them. And the reason you believed them is because they always did it. I suppose maybe, maybe there's the unknown of, of Callum Davison being a rookie manager. No, I, I don't think it weakens them. I don't think it weakens them, weakens them to that extent. It really doesn't. I, 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 there are four, five, six teams, I think, that, are, that, that Saints could easily finish above. I think, I think they're in good shape. Um, so no, I just I just don't get that. I think there, there there's no reason for 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 people to be um, 
pessimistic at all. Well, before we wrap up, guys, I mean, that's comprehensive on the Saints against Saints against United, or rather United against Saints at the weekend. That we have a fixture list as well for the for the championship. And oh, surprise, surprise! <laughs> eh? Hearts against Dundee. But I think the bigger story for Dundee. I mean, that's obviously obviously the headline fixture. But oh dear, oh dear! I mean, they've got obviously because it's this lopsided fixture list with the you know the the three the three games against each other. Dundee, you've got to go to Hearts twice, Air twice, and Inverness twice. That seems pretty. That seems pretty brutal to me, Jim. Uh, well, n- not only is it brutal, um, uh, Eric, in terms of conceding, you know, conceding. Uh, well, you're going to talk money wise, aren't you? Get two gates. Two gates. You know, they're losing kind of chunk of two. Well, of course, that's assuming the Hearts fans were going to travel because we know there's talk of talk of boycott and all the rest of it. You know, but but the truth of the matter is, I think it's um, you know, it, it just. I mean, this this is the danger of having a. This lopsided season, you know, that some teams, some clubs are going to come out of this really badly. And by the looks of it, and Dundee are one of the ones that are going to be badly affected. I mean, as it is, it's going to be tough enough with with Hearts, who will probably have kind of you know the kind of money that nobody yeah. else can look at competing with their squad. Dunfermline are building a very very good squad. Inverness once again will be a very tough uh, tough act to to be. And, and Dundee find themselves in this lopsided situation where you know they're, they're seeding not only home advantage and in, 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 in several occasions, you know, being away from Dens for two of the games, they're also missing out on, on valuable um, you know home. Rep- Revenue, so uh, you know, in terms of kind of just money coming through the gates and sponsorship opportunities and all the rest of it, and you know, commercial, you know, tables being sold in the hospitality and all the rest of it. I mean, it's a bitter blow, a real bitter blow for no, Dundee. Put it this way, and I don't think Neil Doncaster drew up the fixture list because it's been quite good for Hearts, I think. So, and and and, <laughs> well, and tough, tough for Dundee. Do you agree? Well, if you like, if, if you like a conspiracy theory, then I don't think it could could have been could have been any worse for Dundee. To be honest, I mean, it's just it's just absolutely dreadful. Um, you've got you've got uh, hearts hearts at start, and, and as 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 we know with this tighter season, fewer games. How you start the the campaign is going to be absolutely crucial. You don't want to be points behind any teams, you know, oh, play, play uh, catch up, challengers. You know, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be playing catch up at all. So, I mean, it's a real nightmare. And, and uh, Jim's right to mention money, by the way, because uh, as we know, covering Dundee this summer, um, finances have been right to the fore there. And hospitality, hospitality for a home game against Hearts would be would be enormous uh, income for Dundee. And, and unfortunately, going to lose one of them. So it really, it really couldn't be. It's absolutely terrible for them, and we all kind of had a wee wry smile when we saw when we saw who, what the first game was because you could almost predict that was what it was going to be. But it's 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 pretty bad, it really is. Well, I think well, Dundee should be back in in pre-season training, and we've got games games this weekend for the first time in about five months. So next week we'll have some actual football that we've watched to talk about so here's here's raise it raise a glass to that if you've got one at hand anyway thanks again guys and thank you very much for listening if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on itunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people to find talking football and that means a lot to us Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe 
to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local Matters. <laughs>